from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Welcome to the CUNA News Podcast. I'm Bill Merrick, Deputy Editor at CUNA. This week's episode features more conversations from the 2023 CUNA Marketing and Business Development Council Conference. We talked to Meow Wolf co-founder Vince Kedlubik and leaders in digital marketing, podcasting, and fintech partnerships. First up is the Meow Wolf co-founder Vince Kedlubik. He encourages credit union leaders to break out of their default mode and increase their exploration of the world. Vince, thanks for joining us here at the yeah. Marketing and Business Development Council Conference. I loved your story about how you named your organization <laughs> Meow Wolf. Could you share that here? Yeah, sure. You know, 15 years ago when we got together to, you know, to commit to opening up a space and being a social group, you know, at that meeting we basically were like, okay, now we need a name. So we put a bunch of words in one hat and then a bunch of words in another hat and just started pulling out words and matching them together kind of randomly, you know, non, non sequitur. And Meow Wolf was the one that everybody liked the most. That's, so, that's great. And I left, I left that first meeting you know, after we named ourselves Meow Wolf, just like shaking my head, being like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now. So, Do you remember what some of the other options were? Yeah, we had the Vibe Hut, Wolf Palace, II Ship. But Meow Wolf is like, now in yeah. retrospect, I mean, Meow Wolf is like, the name is, we got really lucky. It's like an incredible name. You know, people hear it and then they can't forget it. Yeah, 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 for sure. How do you select your art pieces or decide you know, what to include in an installation? Well, we like to work with local artists. So, you know, depending on the market that we're going to, you know, like we're, we're going to be opening an exhibit in Dallas this, this summer in uh, Grapevine, just outside of Dallas. And so we're working with a ton of Dallas artists and Texas-based artists. So that's kind of like one of the first filters that we kind of go through. We also like to work with artists who are you know underrepresented and so whether that's emerging artists young artists BIPOC women queer you know so we like to make sure that the representation of artistic voice is pretty diversified and then when it comes to kind of like aesthetic you know creative parameters we have different creative directors and we have the each project has a kind of different I guess you could call it curator and you know and so we try to you know, try to try to showcase work that has never been seen before, but is also like appropriate for all ages, and you know. So, so you you mentioned like the need to kind of get out of your comfort zone by trying something new. What's what's one thing that you've done lately to get outside of your comfort zone? Well, you know, there's like big experiences. There's a toad called the Bufo Alvarez toad that is from the northern regions of Mexico that produces a toad venom called 5-MeO-DMT and so it's a very epic big psychedelic therapy treatment that is only should only be experienced if it's administered by a guide and a professional and a doctor and so I did that a few months ago so that's that's something that like really fundamentally pulls you out of your your identity pulls you out of your ego and kind of opens up elasticity inside of the brain and kind of puts you in a place where like 
kind of like makes the canvas blank again so that you can now paint on it, if that makes sense. Like the canvas yeah. of yourself is, becomes sort of, you know, cleaned and paint, you know, you know, blank that you can now like, you know, create anew. So mm -hmm. I love roller coasters. <laughs> Skydiving, getting out into the into into nature is really important. Like, you know, going on big hikes, being out in nature for multiple days at a time does does the does the trick. Mm -hmm. What insights did you gain from your your use of the psychedelics? I think that the main insight was very simple. It was it was I am okay. It was like a very it was a very simple like just connection to the, the fact that like who I am right now is totally fine and um, so I didn't have like the, the, the baggage of my past I didn't have anxiety or stresses I didn't have like any sort of questioning of is my life going in the right direction all of those things kind of get in the way of your ability to like move into the future with excitement and joy and, and the spirited energy that it takes to create stuff. And, and so like once all that was sort of like washed away and I was left with just, I am fine, I am good, I am okay. It felt like I was in a position to be able to like make choices into the future with a lot more ease. What other advice would you offer credit union leaders about kind of tapping into their imagination and creativity? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it comes down to just like having a self-awareness that, that the barriers to the imagination are the things that we identify our, ourselves by. So, like when we create our identity, we're basically creating the box that creativity or imagination sort of lives outside of. And so, and just having that awareness and questioning why you do what you do, why you like what you like, what your preferences are. The next time somebody offers, you know, says like, hey, let's go do this thing. And your instinct is, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. Question it. Why, why do I not like that? Maybe I should go do it. Maybe I should do a bunch of things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so be in a position as like the, as the person choosing their life to like, don't, don't let the default mode of who you are run things for you. Like, choose things because you choose them. You know, and that might also sometimes mean choosing things different than what the default mode would normally choose for you. You know, so even at that basic level, I think that that's that's helpful in then entering into entering into more imaginative spaces. But you know, I know that like not everybody has has access or interest access to or interest in you know psychedelic therapies or or you know I know meditation is hard for folks, but like get outside, like spend time in nature, like spend go backpacking, like spend multiple days in nature. That is like such a great way to be able to like break that default mode and allow the brain to have like more exploration, you know. Any other words of wisdom you'd like to share? Be kind to each other. <laughs> have compassion for each other. That I, that identity that we that we create is also the, the barrier that keeps us from connecting with others. Because like I've created an identity that says I like these type of people but not that type, those type of people, or like, you know, 
it's the thing that keeps us from being separate. So, you know, also in the pursuit of compassion and love and kindness, loosening up that identity and loosening up that, that sense of self allows us to then connect in a more rich and deep way with others. When it comes to digital marketing success, clicks without conversions aren't worth much. That's according to Janelle Herrera, Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at ONTAP Credit Union. She talks to CUNA Associate Editor Brock Fritz. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, nice to meet you. Why don't you just start by giving our viewers an idea of who you are and what your credit union does and who you serve? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Janelle Herrera, the VP of Marketing and Business Development at ONTAP Credit Union based in Golden, Colorado. Our credit union was formed in the basement of Coors, the brewery, and a few years ago we changed our name to ONTAP. And really, our credit union's purpose is about making banking unintimidating. So it's not about the beer, it's really about the comfort you get if you go into your local tap room, and we just want banking and finances to be as comfortable as that. And this might be sort of an obvious answer, but why is that important? To the credit union that it's not intimidating. <laughs> yeah, well, because money's stressful. Yeah. And unless the members are willing to feel comfortable, they may not be able to articulate their financial journey, their financial dreams. But mm -hmm. when they're comfortable and they don't feel like they're, you know, sitting behind or sitting in front of someone with a stuffy suit and sure. being judged, it's sure. that judgment-free feeling, and they're going to be more open and we'll be better able to assist them. To sure. Their so your session today was titled, You Can't Eat Clicks? Can't eat clicks. How would you just boil down what you mean by that? Yeah, so in digital marketing, we often look at clicks as a metric, but that's really a vanity metric. People can click all day long, but if they don't convert, whatever the action is you're hoping they do, sure. then it's just a number that doesn't mean anything, and it doesn't help your bottom line, and if it doesn't help your bottom line as a credit union, you ultimately then can't give back to the membership because you haven't made profits to give them. Mm -hmm. So, you went pretty in-depth in there. We don't really have the <laughs> format for that here, but how would you explain kind of the goals of the digital marketing campaigns you talked about and the takeaways? Yeah, so I guess if I had to boil it down to a few things. One, a lot of times when people start campaigns, they start at the top of the funnel, and they just think about awareness, especially marketers. We're like, ooh, what's the pretty picture going to be? Yeah. You really have to start at the bottom, the conversion, the loyalty, the repeat, and build that campaign backwards so that you have the full journey and that you're not stopping short. The other thing we really highlight is help first, sell second. So really providing that helpful content to the members so that it isn't about the sale, it's first building their trust with you over time. And then the last thing is probably capture leads throughout. So I made sure like every one of our campaigns had a quiz or some sort of interaction where you could capture someone so that you could go back and help them. Sure, okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask that, the importance of kind of starting the conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that something you try to do with everything? I mean, we try, yeah, yeah, we try okay. with everything just to, or at least build some trust or, sure. you know, we're their financial guide. So even if they don't call us the first time, Having a auto buying guide you can download, or a mortgage guide, or some sort of helpful content, blogs, things like that. It just builds that relationship so that they're gonna come back when they are ready, because that consideration stage can be a long time for people. Yeah. So you wanna make sure that you're top of mind once they move from consideration to actual. Mm -hmm. Then I guess your credit union has a fairly defined brand as being yes. a brewery. <laughs> How would you suggest other credit unions kind of form a brand or stick to 
what they do well? Yeah, I think, I mean, we're lucky because we do have a brand, but, you know, beer can actually be polarizing. Sure. And so there have been a lot of discussions about, you know, oh, should we change this? Does it make sense? But this is who we are as a credit union, and that is our core. So really understanding your purpose, your why as a credit union, and we really were formed to give uniforms basically to brewery employees because they couldn't afford and that's so I think every credit union should look at what is their why, who are they, and develop their brand from that. From comedy to news, sports, true crime, and finance, there's a podcast for everything. The best advice for starting a podcast? Find your why, build a team, and create something that fits your credit union. That's according to Tiffany Mutchler, Marketing Manager at Voyage Federal Credit Union, Valerie Simpson, CEO and Creative Director at The Samson House, and Yash Bandayan, Founder and Partner at Push Button Creative Audio. Thanks for joining me, everyone. We just had your session on how to create a podcast. You gave a step-by-step approach, but why don't we just start with the general idea of why your podcast started and what you try to cover? Yeah, so I'm Tiffany Mutchler, and we have the Tips for Change podcast through Voyage Federal Credit Union. And our credit union is very small. We're a very community-based credit union, so we really focus on different things throughout the community, such as local news source or running a side hustle or even some of our business members for the podcast. Okay. And you all talked about how before a credit union creates a podcast, they should sit down and think about why they're creating that podcast. Want to just go into that a little bit, what you mean by the why? Yeah, the why. I mean, for me, it's like wanting to find ways to engage. And so what is your purpose? Like, why are you doing it? I think at the end of the day, you know, people want to dive in and they want to create. And there's so many things that you can do. There's so many content ideas. But from my perspective, being I'm Val, so I'm with the Digital Marketing Agency. And so for me, I know at the end of the day, I need to know why we are doing this in the first place. Things are going to be measured at the end of the year. What's the success behind it? What does success look like? So I like defining all of those things things up front and that's just a goal that we're always working towards with every episode, with every season, with every quarter, whatever it is. So defining that why and for Tiffany and Voyage it's very community focused. So it's trying to find ways to engage with the community, show Voyage's engagement with, you know, organizations within the community, how they highlight and help, you know, other businesses and people, whether it's through loans, whether it's through mortgages, it's just trying to find a way to give back. And you brought up how there's five hundred thousand podcasts, I think you said but that there's still success to be had out there. Definitely, there's so much content that's on the marketplace right now that is A, poorly produced, or B, just kind of doesn't really resonate with the audience. Mm -hmm. So it's really about finding the content that your audience is already searching for, things that they're already interested in, and bringing it to them, right? So really, to, to Val's point, really identifying opportunities, maybe where there's like weak spots in the market, where there's you know pockets of your membership that are already looking for this kind of content, and bringing it to them on behalf of the credit union, and really get the audience to feel like you care about the same things they care about yeah okay so we covered the why and the success metrics maybe what about just is there something you see people do wrong as far as getting their podcast out there or a thing that you think really helps kind of get eyeballs on it 
I would say that from my perspective on that, getting more eyeballs on it is just interviewing people and having guests on the podcast that are well-known in the community or people that people actually want to hear from. So we did one recently about Feeding South Dakota, which is a division of Feeding America, and just like how their distribution works and learning about that. And that's something people are really interested in and like giving back to the community. Like that's just really important. And I think that's that's how you can get more viewership. Mm -hmm. But from the other side of it, you might know more about that. <laughs> oh, just in regards to things that people are doing that's maybe not correct? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah, well, I think that the knee-jerk reaction for a lot of credit unions in particular is that they want to talk about financial services. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's been done to death. There's a lot of different folks out there on a national level with major budgets that are putting together this sort of content. So it's about taking that content and making it resonate with your members more. A lot of times that means hyper-localizing that message, bringing it down to the grassroots level like, like what Tiffany was talking about, bringing in some of those member stories and really making it personal to the credit union. That's where the gold is, right? Just having a podcast to talk about how to get a great auto loan is not going to resonate with an audience. Community Financial Credit Union found the right fintech partner for its credit score solutions in Savvy Money, which uses more than 40 digital banking integrations to offer members a personalized experience. Community Financial CEO Tansley Stearns and Savvy Money Senior Vice President of Sales and Partnerships Chris Forenza explain how to choose the right fintech partner. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we just finished your session on fintech partnerships. I guess why don't we just start with a brief intro to Savvy Money and what you do. Yeah, so Savvy Money is the leading providers of integrated credit score solutions for over almost 1,100 financial institutions now. So credit score, credit monitoring, real-time alerts, and a pre-qualified offer entry. So members could see exactly how much they could save with their trusted credit union-like community financial. Sure. Yeah, and then how did community financial establish that partnership and what's been the benefits? Yeah, so it was actually one of the first new offerings that we launched after I started in June of last year. And we brought it to life really because one, you know, we really do share values with Savvy Money, which is super important to us in picking these partners. And because we knew that with this relationship, we were going to be able to demonstrate member impact quite quickly, being able to show score, being able to refinance loans to save our members money. Those are immediate impacts that our members can see as we start to transform digitally and put digital first. Sure. So they offered something you wanted, but beyond that, what has kind of made the partnership succeed? From your perspective and then for you, what do you look for when from credit unions that help the partnership? Yeah, so Chris and I have a long history with Savvy okay. Money. We actually <laughs> were helping to bring this to life with credit unions when we were at Feline. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the stories that I often like to share is when we were doing initial pilots, credit unions would call very fussy with me saying, you know, this isn't working, no one's using it. And we'd say, okay, well, have you told your Feline team about it? No. <laughs> Where is it on the website? Well, it's not really there. And, you know, so first of all, you know, Savvy Money has done so much in terms of the integration with core providers and with the digital banking providers. So that is a huge part of it. I think also, you know, we've taken very seriously bringing that story to life with Savvy Money walking with us. So, you know, what we shared in the session is, you know, one of our early campaigns was a March Madness campaign about knowing your score. We want our frontline team to be really engaged with the digital offerings that we're bringing to life. So being able to get that in front of folks helps in a big way. Sure. And I think when we partner with, with credit unions, one of the things we look we look for is innovative, right? And nimble and, and 
not this, we're going to operate on two separate sides of a computer screen. It's collaboration and what are other credit unions doing really well? And, you know, one thing I loved about Tansley's credit union was multiple departments, right? Marketing, lending, IT called us and said, what are your most innovative credit unions doing? We want to replicate that success. And so it, it translated in immediate adoption and I think some loans. Yes, without question. Good. <laughs> yes. So Savvy Money, you've been working on it for a while. How has it changed and how often does it change, I guess? How much is are things still adapting? Yeah, so I mean, when we started this, our CEO, I think almost 12 years, I've been with Savvy Money eight years, you know, credit score was a nice to have. And so it's now evolved into this your member expects it. Every app in their wallet, every credit card in their wallet is is offering them credit score, but now it's it's more than a credit score, and that was our tagline for so many years, because they want education. They want tools to be able to simulate their score, or build and watch their credit goals, or show me exactly what I'm gonna save and what I'm most likely to qualify for. You know, lending shouldn't be this mystery in a black box. It's tell me what I'm pre-qualified for, and you know, what I'm pre-approved for, which is a new product for Savvy Money. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. 